0: Terms apply. Purchases must be on card. Visit go.mx you know. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Commanding the Huddle. I am your host, Ryan Fowler, from the Draft Network. And before we get into today's week 15 preview of Sunday night football, New York Giants traveling down to FedEx Field to face the Washington Commanders. As always, our podcast is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, who continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs with first to market. Odds and lines. Whether you're looking to place a bet on the NFL, NBA, NHL, bowl season, the college football playoffs, MMA, esports, and even golf, Bet Online has everything for your betting fancy. So head on over to Bet Online. Use your mobile device today to get 50% off your first welcome deposit using our code BELIEVE50. That's B L E A V 50. Again, to get 50% off your first welcome deposit. Bet Online. Where the game starts. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump into today's episode. I know it's been a little while; haven't talked to you guys in a week. We are back from the bye week. Washington was at practice yesterday. It is full steam ahead, preparing for the seven-five-and-one New York Giants this week in prime time. And when you look back at it, ladies and gentlemen, this is a game. Washington wins this game doesn't mean they are in the playoffs. But you can control your own destiny by winning this football game on Sunday night. And when you look back at it and the history of this football team and the opportunities over the years that Washington has had these potential playoff clinching scenarios, you look back to 2012, Washington and Dallas, you look back to the Eagles and and Washington with Kirk Cousins and Jordan Reed traveling into Philly, in primetime and securing the NFC East just a few years ago, this is another opportunity for Washington from a franchise perspective to put themselves in a good spot moving forward. Because we still don't expect Washington to qualify for the NFC Championship or make a Super Bowl run by any means. But to host a Sunday night game with how you've been playing football the last month and a half, two months, in primetime, under the lights, playoff football, uh, almost just 10 days from Christmas, it's going to be an electric atmosphere at FedEx Field. And I, I'm, I'm excited. This is one of the more exciting games. And as a follower of this team, obviously with myself, used to work for the team. They weren't successful when I was with the team. Now sitting at 7-5-1 and, and right at the back end, obviously in the wild card spot for the NFC, battling with the Giants and the Seahawks and the Lions trying to creep their way in there in the back end. As the eight seed right now, this is a huge opportunity for Taylor Heineke, Brian Robinson, Terry McLaurin. The defense looks healthy. We should get Chase Young back this week. Benjamin St. juice practiced yesterday with that bum ankle that's had him out the last couple weeks. He's had a bye week to kind of rejuvenate his body and rest up, as everyone has. Take a little bit time off from football. We've seen, we saw 13 straight weeks of Washington on the football field. That batters your body. Right? It, it, it wears on you. It wears on the tires, if you will. To have a week of rest, then you come home under the lights. There's nothing better than playing under the lights. And there's nothing better than playing under the lights against a division opponent. And there's nothing better than playing under the lights against a division opponent with a playoff spot on the line. And as it looks right now, Washington, as the sixth seed, would play San Francisco... If the playoffs started today, as I'm recording this, on Thursday morning, Washington would travel to San Francisco, which is funny enough because who does Washington travel to next week on Christmas Eve? The Brock Purdy-led San Francisco 49ers. So, again, a win this week. I'm not going to go into a full preview of the Giants if you're interested in a full offensive and defensive preview of who the New York Giants are You can look back to my week 13 preview on the Monday of that week prior to the game where I really dive into the roster of the Giants. But this week, just like I did with the Eagles and what I will do with the Cowboys in the coming weeks, is I just want to look at ways where I think Washington can improve on offense and on defense conceptually to where it will push them over the edge of not ending up with a 20-20 tie. That's where I want to focus on. And first... I want to focus at the most important position in American sports and that's the quarterback position with Taylor Heineke because we move into these winter months and obviously we've seen how good Robinson and Antonio Gibson have been in the ground game front five is going to have another new body up front this week Wes Schweitzer is expected to start at center with Tyler Larson dislocating his kneecap against the Giants in week 13 so that's another new body at center. It'll be Washington's now third center, excuse me, fourth center they've used this year with Chase Roulier, Nick Martin, and Larson. Now West White's are in the building, primarily a guard, but he's now going to be asked to step in at center. Everyone along the front five looks to be healthy this week, but it starts with Taylor Heineke. And teams are going to force him to throw the football. I sent out a tweet yesterday, kind of my thoughts initially about what I'm looking forward to seeing with Taylor Heineke's development this last month of the year through the air. If you don't follow me already, you can see those tweets at underscore Ryan Fowler. But this is a scenario to where you're playing Cleveland coming up, you're playing Dallas, and you're playing San Francisco next week. You won't see it this Potentially too much this week with a banged-up giant secondary that will most likely be without a Dory Jackson again this week. So we're going to see a lot of Cordell Flott. We're going to see a lot of Fabian Moreau, those rotation of safeties with Jason Pinnock and Julian Love, the same group that we saw just two weeks ago. But Washington, if they're able to run the ball and open up play action, again, that is where they want to make their bread and butter. But I expect the Giants to clog the box even more this week force Taylor Heineke to beat them with his arm. Now, for me, when I look on the outside and I see the guys that Washington has, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, hopefully we get some more better. We need some better play, obviously, from the tight ends, whether they're playing in line or they're flexed out into the slot a little bit. On these linebackers, the Micah McFadden's of the world, if Jahad Ward is able to play, he's been dealing with concussion, he kind of buzzes out in coverage a little bit sometimes those flat areas as a defensive end. I need the tight ends to play better. And Taylor Heineke through the air, this is a huge evaluation period. If I'm Ken Zampezi, if I'm Scott Turner, these offensive-minded coaches that Washington has in the building, to how, how much is the performance ceiling for this offense going to be lifted if Heineke can improve through the air? Because we've seen, since Heineke's taken over and really dating back to his success back in 2020 in that playoff game against Tampa, where he's limited is through the air. And every time that ball is in the air, it's a question to where, where is it landing? Is it going to land in friendly arms or is it going to land in the arms of the opposition? That's what Taylor Heineke is as a quarterback. He's not someone that's going to consistently pump throws 15 to 20, 25 yards down the field or layer a ball 45, 40, 45 yards down the field. Now, there's some splash throws here and there. I always look back to that throw he made against Jair Alexander down the boundary to Terry McLaurin right in his arms. But those are kind of few and far between. And those are more of flash in the pan than consistency. And this week especially, if they want to have and play a lot of man or on the outside or rush five and send six and force Heineke to decide and hit his hot routes and audible here and slide protections... This is a huge evaluation period because they need Taylor Heineke to throw the football with success and keep the ball out of the opposition's hands. You got the weapons on the outside to do it. You don't draft Jahan Dotson on day one. You don't pay Terry McLaurin a bag this offseason. You don't bring in Curtis Samuel last year. You don't draft De'Ami Brown on day two to have a limited quarterback through the air. Right now, that is what Taylor Heineke is. So for this week, not just do I want to get the run game going as much as they can and then open up play action, open up that boot action, allow Taylor Heineke to use his legs. That's where I want him to be more active. I do not want him to be a robot in the pocket. Taylor Heineke is one of the more athletically gifted quarterbacks in the NFL. He is. Shoulders down, he is one of the more athletically gifted talents in this league. And when comparatively in the NFC East... There's some decently athletic quarterbacks. Daniel Jones is sneakily athletic. I think we know what Jalen Hurts offers outside of the pocket and his ability to run. One of the more dynamic talents, real athletes really in the NFL right now. A potential MVP, if not the favorite to win the MVP as the quarterback for the Eagles. But Taylor Heineke, I want him to use his legs more. RPOs, I'm not asking him to run 15, 20, 25 yards, take it to the house like Jalen Hurts can do. Or what we've even seen Daniel Jones do in the past. Heineke can do that. But all I'm asking to open up the run game a little bit more is to keep those backside defenders on the backside of the formation, that backside DN, the backside linebacker, that high safety, if they're in a cover two shell, and that backside safety, in that backside corner, not allowing those guys to pin their ears back and pursue Taylor Heineke down the line of scrimmage every single time they show that RPO. I want him at times to just take it. And if he doesn't get any yards, that's fine to me. Because he's showing them that he's willing to take the ball and create with his legs. Because once, if he hands it off three, four, five times in a row, and then that sixth time, if that's inside the 20, say we're at the 15-yard line, and he takes that, and he takes it 15 yards to the house and gives us one of those patented Taylor Heineke dives at the pylon, that's a touchdown. And he's very capable of doing that. So that's one of the things I want Washington to focus on this week, is not limit Taylor Heineke under center. Let your athletes be athletes. Taylor Heineke is another athlete on this offense around the guys that they already have. A high level of juice at the running back spot, at the tight end spot. We obviously know what we have on the outside with supreme tier one athletes. And you got some damn good athletes up front in the front five. We know what Sam Cosme can do. I think Cornelius Lucas has done a good job. Charles Leno at left tackle is a decent athlete. Andrew Norwell is kind of that gritty old veteran who just wants to take your, take your lunch and let you know about it. Wes Schweitzer is the same way. I'm really excited for those two to work. Those guys are just mauling figures. Look like they got pulled out of a Game of Thrones cast. Just dudes that just want to put their fist through your face mask. And I'm excited to see those guys along the front five this week. But do not limit Taylor Heineke if I'm Scott Turner. Force Kayvon Thibodeau, if Jihad Ward is able to play, force them to stay honest and disciplined in their rush lanes, not allowing them to consistently crash down like they did a lot in that opening game two weeks ago in New York. Because granted, I mean, Brian Robinson had 96 yards on the ground, Antonio Gibson had 40. I, I, I'm sure it's going to be the same thing this week because it's supposed to be low 30s at FedEx Field on Sunday night. Now, not not crazy cold, not a, no wind, no rain, no snow, just a cold December night. And I expect, well, again, to run the football. But if you add another threat offensively with Taylor Heineke and his legs— To force the defense to cover every blade of grass, that just makes it tough for that New York defense. That's really, obviously, it starts with Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams within the interior. I don't care who they have at linebacker. Their secondary does not scare me. We obviously saw, again, two weeks ago, how involved the trio of McLaurin, Dotson, and Samuel were. McLaurin, eight, eight catches. Samuel had six. Dotson had five. Terry led the team with 105 yards and a touchdown. Curtis had six for 63 and Dotson with 54 and a touchdown. Those guys, again, are expected to have another big week. And again, Scott Turner's going to be doing some more unique conceptual things to keep New York off balance. You're not going to show a ton of the same concepts, maybe wrinkles off of some things because your playbook won't change too much. But again, this week, Taylor Heineke run the football. He only ran it twice for six yards against the Giants in their first meeting. Run it a couple more times. Allow him to be an athlete. That's who he is. That's where he makes his money. You're pounding it with Brian Robinson. You bring Antonio Gibson. You want to hit him on a screenplay outside the line of scrimmage. Then you run an RPO to Taylor Heineke for 15 yards. Then you run play action. You hit Jahan Dotson on a crosser. Then you pound it on a dive. Then you take your shot play to Terry McLaurin with a 4-3 guy that's an alpha in the air and there's not a single corner in the NFL that can guard him on the outside one-on-one. That, those are the, the game script and the game theory that I expect Scott Turner to have this week to where you're going to force all 11 defenders for the Giants, all 22, all 22 eyes, to look all over the field. Where's Terry? Where's Antonio Gibson? Where's Brian Robinson? If they're on the field at the same time, they want to run some of that, po- that pony formation that Green Bay does with both running backs in the field. Where's Logan Thomas? Oh, shoot, here comes Curtis Samuel in orbit motion. Are they handing it off to him? Are they going to fake it and hit him in the flat? Are they handing it off to Brian Robinson? Is Taylor Heineke going to run? All those different opportunities, I expect Washington to deploy this week because you have to be conceptually different, especially when you face a team in back-to-back weeks. I know the bias separated us, but back-to-back weeks for Washington's perspective. Defensively, I think it's another week where... Again, starts with the front four. We'll see how much Chase Young is used. I do expect him back this week. If, if he's not, then that's something that's new to me. Everything I've heard out of that building is that he is going to play this week. How much, I do not know. I don't think it's going to be a guy where he's where he's on the field for 65 70% of the snaps. He may be a guy where you know, he gets 15, 20 snaps here and there. Long third down and distances. Allow him to just pin his ears back. And get after that right tackle and Evan Neal and make him work as a rookie on the right side who had a little bit of a a couple struggles in their first matchup. But again, it starts with limiting Saquon Barkley. They held him to 63 yards in their first matchup, but Daniel Jones ran it 12 times for 71 yards on nearly six yards a pop. So, as much as I talk about Taylor Heineke creating as an athlete, every time we face Daniel Jones, they obviously make it a point to run the football with him. So as much as that is the front four staying disciplined on the outside, especially with Montez Sweat and Chase Young this week and Casey Tuhill and James Smith-Williams, the FA Obadas of the world, it's also the Jamin Davises, the the John Bosticks, the Derek Forrest when he creeps down into the box. I expect Washington to be more disciplined in the box this week because Richie James, who is a guy that, that caught... Three balls for 20 yards. Now, Slayton and Hodges led them in receiving this week, but he missed practice this week. So that's, or excuse me, missed practice on Wednesday, and his status for the game is up in the air. And that's another body. They're already down bodies in that room, the receiver's room for the Giants. If you have Richie James now out, and it's going to be Hodgins, Slayton, they may have to activate David Sills. These guys just don't scare anybody. On the outside, so the run game again is where the Giants want to make their money for offensive coordinator Mike Kafka, a guy that came over from the Chiefs that followed the new regime with head coach Brian Dayball and GM Joe Shane. It's feeding Saquon Barkley even more this week, testing that interior, and then they're going to try to get Daniel Jones going in the run, and then it's those play action shots down the field. Then it's trying to hit Daniel Bellinger over the middle of the field, who was third in receiving for the Giants with five catches for 24 yards, not crazy. But five targets, five receptions. Obviously, he's being very efficient over the middle of the field. But stopping the run, getting pressure with Deron Payne and John Allen, we know every week, ladies and gentlemen, that's where I start. It starts with them every week. Payne, Allen, Sweat, and Young. If those four line as the starters this week, we got our we got our bodies back. We got our guys coming back together, right? The band's getting all back together at the right time. Now, Cole Holcomb's out for the year at the second level, so it's going to be another test for Davis and Bosch. And whoever Washington wants to rotate in at that sec- at that second level, we may see some more Percy Butler playing that high safety, showing showcasing his range. If Washington wants to bring Forrest again down to the box, Cam Curl, same thing. Bobby McCain usually stays up at the third level. On the outside again this week, I think it's going to be Kendall Fuller one side, I think we're going to see Benjamin St. Toos this week. That's going to be a big improvement and a big addition because, look, you look the last few weeks, it's been the Christian Holmes. It's been Danny Johnson. We've seen Rashad Wild Goose. These guys just don't, they're not cutting it. I, I think Christian's been a good guy on special teams, but it takes time. Seventh round rookie starting on the outside. You don't want him in that situation right now. Danny Johnson's more of a nickel guy. You have to play him at the nickel this week. I'm absolutely fine with that. But if you get Fuller and you get St. back covering Slayton and Hodgins, I think you're in a good spot to allow that front forward to not just create pressure with four. You want to send five. You want to send six. You begin to feel comfortable with your guys on the outside. Say, hey, we need you to cover for two seconds on the outside. Can you do that? I think, I think Washington will be able to do that this week. So again, a big test Two weeks ago, it was a 20-20 tie. Just, it wasn't a win. It's not a loss, but nobody likes ties. Obviously, look at these last few weeks with Seattle not playing good football. They, they played tonight against the 49ers, a huge game in the NFC playoff picture with the 49ers. You know We're, we're all, we're all going to be 49ers fans tonight. Just need Seattle to keep losing ball games to give a little bit more wiggle room for Washington as we move down the last month of this season. And then Sunday, 8-20, FedEx Field. Washington Commanders, New York Giants—a huge, the biggest game of the year, the biggest game in the last few years, really the biggest game since Washington hosted Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in the Wild Card playoffs back in 2020. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Just kind of a quick hitter for you guys of little things that I want to see Washington tinker, especially on the offensive side of the ball, where I want Taylor Heineke. To be an athlete, we understand the limitations that he has as a passer. I don't want him throwing the ball 40 times and chasing ball games. That's not the script for success for Washington. It's pounding the ground game, but not being predictive in the run game with Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. It's involving everyone. Whether you want to involve Curtis Samuel some more, like we see every week where he gets four to six carries. And also involve Taylor Heinicke. If you want to give it to Terry and Jahan on some jet sweeps, that's fine. But allow your athletes to be athletes and force all 11 guys on New York to account for every single athlete. That's the name of the day today. Athlete. Washington has them in abundance. Force the Giants to counter every single guy that Washington has and have a plan. For each guy in the burgundy and gold. We're also going to see the all burgundy jerseys and pants combo this week for the first time. For me, I've been a huge fan of the jerseys. The helmets look good. The pants, I think, for the burgundy would be nice if there's maybe a gold stripe along the pants. Maybe that's something happens in the near future, right? But these jerseys this week, burgundy on burgundy, clean-looking primetime, what a spot, right? What a spot to be in. To control your own destiny, to win this football game, and have a clear path and playing your best football as we approach Christmas, as we approach New Year's, and heading in to the NFL playoffs. It starts this week. You win this game, you set yourself up to be in the playoffs in a really good spot. You lose, well, it's a tougher road. Not out of it, but it's a tougher road. But I'm not expecting losses. I'm not negative. I'm staying extremely positive with this football team for what they've showed me the last two months. And a team right now that's playing their ass off and they're prepared to play football. It's going to be cold at FedEx Field. Brian Robinson, Tony Gibson, 225 pounds each, coming down the tracks. Force those guys to tackle. Heineke being an athlete. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson on the outside. Curtis Samuel being that unique chess piece that he is. Montez Sweat, Chase Young, John Allen, Deron Payne. Blitzing, getting after the quarterback. Ravaging Andrew Thomas, Evan Neal. Guys in the middle and John Feliciano and Mark Lewinsky. We saw the success that that front four had in their first matchup. Send Jamin Davis through those A-gaps. Allow your corners on the outside to be physical. You're going to get Benjamin St. six 6'3 corner, 33-inch arms on the outside. Force Darius Slate and Isaiah Hodgins to get off the line of scrimmage. Get Cam Crow in the box. Allow him to make plays. Derek Forrest, a culture guy in the back end. Be physical coming down, playing that robber spot over the middle of the field. Let Daniel Bellinger feel you over the middle of the field. And then Daniel Jones, he decides to run the ball. Let him know. Let him know. I don't want to run it again. Be physical. Physical at the line of scrimmage. Win the trenches on both sides of the ball. So Washington a good job did a good job against in week 13. I expect them to do a good job again this week. Even though I do look forward to seeing how Wes Schweitzer is, that's a big thing in this game, how he is at center from the opening series. So Again, that's going to do it for today's episode. Always appreciate you guys tuning in. If you enjoyed, hope you did. Please leave a like, review, share, subscribe. Again, if you don't follow me on Twitter already, underscore Ryan Fowler, all my written work is housed at thedraftnetwork.com, including more audio and video content. I will have a podcast out for you guys on Monday morning, recapping a week 15, let's say victory. For the Washington Commanders, the Burgundy and Gold, as they approach week 16 and a Christmas Eve matchup in the Bay across the country against the San Francisco 49ers. So as always, everybody, appreciate you tuning in. I will talk to you on Monday. I'm Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network, and this is Commanding the Huddle. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them.